Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today on the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover, and we truly hope that you're having a fantastic week so far. Yep, absolutely. And if you're listening to these podcasts in order... And then you heard in our last episode, we shared just some of the crazy stuff we've been going through over the past few months with COVID and kidney stones and concussions. And I'm not going to lie, there were some rough days in there, (laughs) but there was one thing that was constant. And that was, I feel like, our support of each other. We had to lean on each other and take turns stepping up or standing in the gap when the other didn't feel well. Or I know I was like in the bed for, you know, a few days and Daniel really had to step up with the kids and and just kind of help and do some stuff there. And, um, you know, and then with the the concussion, the thing, some of the things that, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to be home with with Colby more. So Daniel went off of his normal route and would take Josie to school and there were just a lot of things we just I felt like you stepped up and had to do things more so than I did um out of the ordinary but just that support yeah that I felt during that time was I mean we we you just jumped in and we just well that's because on the normal days you do so much more than me anyway no (laughs) no if you even it out I still fall way short no you like have a full-time job Uh, so that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, you know, I do a lot of weddings, and um, and in every wedding ceremony I preside over, I read this verse, and um, and it says this: it says two are better than one. Now, if you have single friends, you may not want to gloat about this, and you may not want to read this verse to them, or if you're single and listen to this. But this is this is a, actually a, it's a single guy writing this verse. But it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone for when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, just that understanding that we're better together because yeah. if one of us is having a tough time, the other's there to help pick up the the slack and yeah. carry the load. And in that verse, it I don't think it's just talking about marriage. I mean, I think that's true in our in our life when we have friendship, when we do life with people mm-hmm. uh, that can help us and come alongside us, but. I do believe that is addressing marriage as well in that, man, we have to support each other. Mm -hmm. We have to have each other's back in that. And I see a lot of marriages that don't. I have a lot of people that come in the office and talk for counseling, and it's because we're all very selfish people. Absolutely. And we want what we want. And and we come in, and we talk, and I begin to see that, man, you are living your best life at the expense of this person. Mm. And uh, we got to stop and and see how we can carry each other's burdens. Yeah. Well, we are um, Prepare and Rich facilitators, and uh, you want to explain what Prepare and Rich is? Well, it's um, they've been around a long time. Actually, you could probably explain it better than I can. They've um, we we use some there. They have some great tools there to help put married you, couples. Put you on the spot. Enough. Yeah, you did. Um, you want to go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> it's been around since Prepare and Rich is a ministry to married couples. It's been around since the early seventies, mm-hmm. and um, 
And the, the biggest thing they have is they have an assessment. Mm-hmm. And we use this marital assessment for, I use it for married couples. I use it for pre, pre-marriage. We've mm-hmm. even used it for just long-term dating relationships. It assesses your marriage and your relationship in nine different areas. And if you're interested in taking that, they have an over-the-counter version. You don't have to have a facilitator for um, it's uh, couplecheckup.com. Mm-hmm. It's about 30 bucks, and I'm not getting paid anything for promoting that. But you can go there, take that. It's a great assessment. And, uh, but anyway, so they, they, do, they also do uh, blogs, different things like that, resources yep. for marriages. And we're facilitators for them. So we get their weekly um, updates and everything, yeah. the newsletters and all that. And they have great resources there, great articles. And one came across our email this week that just really got our attention. And we thought it would be a good time to talk about some of the things that they mentioned in that. And it, it talks about it talks about when are times that we need to, our spouse needs our support the most. And they shared five things and in that, and we're going to hit some of those. But th- there were other things that we started thinking about, times that, man, this is just tough going. And we, I re- that's when our spouse really needs us the most. And um, these are the for worse times that show up in our marriage that we might not have thought through when we pledged you know at an altar okay for better for worse we were to you were at two weddings this past weekend Mm -hmm. but they said an altar for better for worse I'm going to love you no matter what and sometimes those for worse things step in our lives and we aren't prepared for them and we and when you stand at that altar we've said this before on the podcast you don't see those for worse no it's a blind commitment which is which is wonderful I don't know if anybody would actually stand at altar and make that commitment if they actually knew what was going to happen in the next 50 years but but there are for worses out there. That's correct, yeah, right? For yeah. worses. And um, that's when we need each other's support the most. That's exactly right. So that's what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today. All right. So Christmas is around the corner, and you guys have all heard it on the news. The supply chains are down. If you want to get your Christmas gifts, you got to get out and get them, or you're probably not going to get them, and you might not even get them if you go out now. I was talking to a friend of mine that works for Publix yesterday, and he said, man, all the their, their stores' shelves are not stocked. And so what do you do? Well, I can tell you one gift that you can get for the, that special person in your life or those special people in your life that you can get before Christmas, and that is the Marriage Adventure book, Discovering Mission for Your Marriage. So if you want your present in time, this might be your only chance, your only choice is to get the Marriage Adventure book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Walmart.com, Barnes & Noble. I guarantee you if you go on and press that uh, button now, you'll get it in time for Christmas. So today we're talking about some of the th- times in your life that your spouse will need your support the most. And like Daniel said earlier, we are selfish people and we don't always just give of ourselves in, in, in selfless ways. But some of the times that, that we go through that are the hardest, God's given us each other to lean on and to support each other. So, mm-hmm. Daniel, what are some of those seasons of life or times when our, our spouse is really going to need our support? Yeah, well, some of these are more obvious than others. I think this is probably the most obvious. And if you don't step up in this time, then you're just a, a jerk, a terrible person. Mm-hmm. It's when they're grieving. Mm-hmm. And uh, and grief looks like a lot of different things. You know, it's the it could be the loss of a family member, which is quite obvious. It could be a friend. It could even be a pet. And sometimes even with pets, you know, we we can't grieve publicly for a yeah. pet. It's just you know, there's so much going on in the world. You really just can't grieve for a pet publicly. But, but it's hard. You should be able to grieve with your spouse. Sure, absolutely. You know, those little jokers get in your heart, and so yeah. it could be though that you're also grieving a job. 
maybe the loss of a job or the loss of passion at a job. It could be uh, they're grieving the loss of a hobby or season of life. Or listen, your man may have just lost his hair. He's just (laughs) grieving. I can tell you that's real. Um, But you can can grieve the loss of a lot of things. And there's no... um, I do a lot of counseling in grief and especially like right now in this season of life with COVID and all going on, there is a lot of death and a lot of grief. We just mm-hmm. had a, a, a something very horrific happen within our church body. A college student passed away and there's a lot of college students grieving. And, um, and so they all, the grief doesn't follow a path. It, 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 ha- it has its own it's kind of like a wildfire. It it does its own thing differently with each person. Mm. And um and as a spouse, you may look at your you may look at your spouse and think, "Oh, they're they're not really grieving. They're fine." Mm. But they might not be. Mm-hmm. It, because their grief doesn't look exactly like yours. Yeah. And um it may be that they're withdrawing or it may be that they're sinking into a habit or a hobby or it may be that they're scheduling way more than they normally do and sink into work. Uh, it doesn't always look like tears, mm. you know. Um, and so we need to be we need to be uh, sensitive to that. We need to be empathetic mm-hmm. to that with our spouse. Um, well, well, we went through this uh, when, when I lost my dad. It's been yeah. Um, it's what it's been. A, it's been quite a while now. Uh, eight years, seven, eight years. Now. Yeah, but it was very sudden and very unexpected and it took us off guard. There was a lot of shock and, um, grief was tough. It was, that's, you know, I'd never been through anything like that before. And I'll just say, I would, I don't even, I look back on it now and I'm not even sure how I handled it, but I know that you held me up during that time, just your physical presence Mm. and your support of just being there or just that stepping in. How can I help? Just, we had toddlers at the time and I, and I, it's just a blur. I remember you would just step up and do what needed to be done. I mean, I, I'd be sitting on the couch and, and not even aware of what was going on, and you were just handling life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and yeah. that's another thing with grief is you don't get through it, and then it's done. Yeah. You'll get through the first week or two, mm-hmm. and then you'll have a couple of good days, and then it'll hit you out of the blue yeah. for a day or two. And so if you're the spouse of someone that's grieving – um. Watch out for that. If you come in and it's been a couple of weeks and they're just on the couch or they're, or they're they seem moody or they're crying, that's still grief, mm. and uh, it hits you. It hit it hits. You. It's like a we use the example of waves in the ocean, uh, and it just hits you from out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And you don't and you don't see it coming sometimes. And it yeah. might be six months or a year later, and you're putting up. Christmas decorations and you just fall apart and you don't you're like what is wrong with me and it's just it is still grief and so during those times give your spouse see ask what they need do they need a hug do they need to be held do they need you to back off and let them be quiet Mm -hmm. do you do they need a shoulder to cry on and just or someone to listen Um, it it does it's different for every person so Mm. just being there to support them as they're walking through that so that's that's one time that your spouse really needs your support Mm -hmm. another time is when they are just overwhelmed um overwhelmed by lots of things that's never happened uh, in our marriage has it no 
Now, we all go through times when we're overcommitted and um, feel like we just can't dig out from under the pile of life. I mean, it's just life, life is hectic, and it could be many reasons you feel overwhelmed. It might be from financial stressors or job or kids or your schedule. Whatever that is that's making you feel overwhelmed, sometimes you just need your spouse to lean into your spouse. And when your spouse reaches a, a breaking point and they're just done, that doesn't mean they're done with you. <laughs> <laughs> they just need your support. They may act like they're done with you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it's that's the time to kind of lean in. Um, and I'll say, let me say this. I know guys have a tendency to be, this is a good thing and a bad thing. A great thing is guys like to come in and be a solver, a problem solver. And <laughs> all right, let me just, all right. All right, you've reached your your end. Let me just come in and fix it all. And sometimes, (laughs) practically, I need you to do that. Sometimes I need you to just step in when I'm just like, I can't take another step. And for you to pick pick up the ball and carry it. And then there are other times I just, I'm like, okay, um, just take me away somewhere. Uh Um, And then there's other times you just, it's the quintessential, hey, just listen, just listen to me. And the guy's like, yeah, I got the solution though. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I'm not sure if we've said this on the podcast before or not, but the question that we have come up with, which is I think one of the best questions ever in marriage is how can I help? Yes. And um, so Bonnie, if, if Bonnie's ever overwhelmed, there are things that I can just jump in with and right off the bat, I know I can do mm-hmm. to help lighten her load. Anytime I can take the kids to school, that gives her an extra hour in her day. Mm-hmm. For you, and, and your spouse may be different, but for Bonnie, uh, Bonnie, for you, um, overloaded time equals over overloaded life, overwhelmed mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And so if I can give you back pockets of time during your day, that helps alleviate, alleviate some. some of that. Yep. And, um, and you've got to learn your spouse and you've got to learn that about them. And you may just, it may just be you guys listen to this episode together and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Ask that question. Hey, how can, how I can I help? Where are those areas? And so I know if I can jump in and take some of that stuff off your plate, you can breathe. Well, in the same time with you, I can tell when you're overwhelmed and, but that for you, your tell is you get impatient and just, Oh, you have a frantic, talk about you You talk and move fast and that I can tell you're overwhelmed and I don't know how to help it sometimes and so asking offer me food sometimes getting out of your way is the right thing or sometimes but but I don't always do that or maybe you need me to go do something to physically help you and asking how can I help is never a bad thing yeah and 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 you might that's right sometimes just staying out of the way of an angry bear Mm mm-hmm is the best thing, giving them some space. And so, well, and I'll say this earlier, early in our marriage, when Angry Bear came out, I always assumed it was me. Mm-hmm. And then I would take it personally and I would start picking at it and make it worse. <laughs> and I would poke the bear. And it was not about me to start with, but then it became about me because I was in the way and I was making things worse. And so I figured out this is, I mean, it's only taken like 20 something years, <laughs> but. If you're in that, sometimes it is me. Sometimes it's not me. And um, just kind of backing up and giving you some space might be the best thing you need. Or I might need to, maybe I'm just sitting around and you're like, I just wish you'd get off your butt and help me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and I just need to ask. So that's a good question. That's great. All right. So that's the second one. Here's the third one. 
Um, when they're facing an identity crisis, mm. our spouse needs support. That 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 happens a lot, mm. especially you think by the time you get to be adults, you have a lot of that worked out. Mm. That's so so far from the truth. When do identity crises happen in adulthood? Well, we typically say it happens midlife, but it can happen at a change of season. It can happen when, oh, you know, I've been working for years and now I'm staying home with the kids. Mm -hmm. Do I still have value? It can happen when you change jobs and you are low man on the totem pole now and not instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, there are lots of times when you're just or you're just not sure what does my future hold. I'm I'm stuck in this job. I'm not happy in and I'm spinning my wheels or man, we just, we've just had kids and man, I have no time to myself and I don't have, we don't have date nights or all kinds of seasons of life can make you question, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are the obvious pivot points. Marriage is Mm -hmm. a pivot point. I remember when we got married, the first year was fine because we were married in college and you were around all your friends and, Mm -hmm. and, and all that. We were around mutual friends. The second year, third and fourth and fifth were tougher because we moved back to the town I grew up in mm-hmm. and you didn't know anybody. No. And, um, and so everybody that you met was either a f- someone that was a friend of mine or a girl I had dated. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't fun. And so, um, so that was a, a big identity crisis mm-hmm. for you. Another obvious one is uh, not just after you get married, but if you move to a new town mm-hmm. or when you have kids – and if one of you, typically that's the, the wife, but sometimes it's the husband, they're stay-at-home dads. If one of you has to, you know, leave a job, stay at home with the kids more, or you lose your identity because you, maybe it's you lose your identity of your relationship because now mm-hmm. you brought these little suckers in, in the middle of your world and yeah. everything goes to them. It could be that it's, it's, it is midlife. It could be job change. So there's, there's a lot of identity crises Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest thing I think sometimes is recognizing it mm-hmm. and admitting it. Yeah. Um, recognizing it for what it is. Well, and I, I don't know that we always realize when we have put our identity in something mm-hmm. so much that when we lose it, we feel like we've lost ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Scripture says that our identity is to be in Christ, that he, he is our life, He defines who we are, and that we should be satisfied in Him and find our identity and strength in who we are in Him. But the world has so much to offer, and people don't pat you on the back for that, mm. for just knowing who you are in Christ. They identify you as, I mean, for years we were as worship leaders, mm-hmm. and then you change jobs, and you're like, oh, Nobody knows me anymore from stage, you know? Yeah, for 20 years I'm standing on a stage, and now I go to a behind-the-scenes role, mm-hmm. and I have people that don't even know I'm on staff at the church. Yeah. I, yeah. The joke is I have a guitar hanging on my wall in my office, and people come in, and they're like, oh, you play guitar? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and you're a worship pastor for, <laughs> what, 15 years? <laughs> so, yeah, there are times that um, we can – we don't realize it, but we do put our identity in what we do or in a relationship that we're in or yeah. in our children or how they succeed or fail. And if they mess up, we realize, man, my identity was in my kids being good mm. and now they're not. Mm. Or, um, it's true. or my identity was in my kid being this great 
success at this. And your kids are great when they're little because kids can be good when they're little. And then when they get to be teenagers, Mm -hmm. they're finding their own way and maybe they've gone astray. Mm -hmm. Or my success is in parenting and now I'm an empty nester and I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with my Mm -hmm. time. And you go through a whole identity crisis of trying to figure out, okay, so what is my purpose now? Yep. Those are hard seasons, and hopefully you're not both going through that at the same time. Mm-hmm. But but when you one or the other is, your spouse really needs your support. They need you to understand and not just be like oh, figure this out. They need to you. They need some encouragement to know. Okay, so life is changing. Here's one thing that's constant: us, mm-hmm. and and I'm here for you and. We're going to figure this out together, and you're going to be great at whatever this is that's next. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, Bonnie, what's number four? Number four, um, a time we need support, is maybe when your your spouse is stepping out of their comfort zone. Maybe they're trying something new, and maybe this comes along, it kind of follows on the heels of the identity crisis because it might be a new job, or maybe it's the same job, but they're taking the lead on a project, and they're an introvert, and they're never really had to step up there before, or um, maybe it is changing roles or going back to work after years, or maybe that maybe your wife is deciding, hey, you know, I, I'm I want to try a leadership role at the school. I'm going to run for PTA president, or or your husband's saying, you know, I'm not great at this sport, but I'm going to help coach our kids' team, and that's like, ooh, it's just moving out of a comfort zone, and maybe they just need a cheerleader. Yeah. So at um at the church, uh, with our staff, something that we say, um, I don't know, I was going to say we say it often. I don't know if we say it often, but we do say it. And I think our staff understands this because we've been pretty, pretty bold with it a few times is that I am, we are, we are totally okay with our staff failing Mm. as long as they're failing forward. You know, I, what I don't like is our staff to, to sit Mm -hmm. and not try new things. But man, if you try something new, let's let's do it. Let's try. Sure. So uh, about a year or two ago, when when COVID kind of first came out and everything was going digital, everything was going online, my discipleship pastor came to me and said, "Hey, I want to try something, and I don't know if any other churches are doing it, but I want to try it." I was like, "Okay, what is it?" He goes, "I want to try VR Church, a, mm. a virtual reality campus." <laughs> sounds crazy what and he goes yep he says man these oculuses they're they're so cool i think they're kind of going to be the big future thing in gaming and that whole community is growing and i think it's an untapped market for the church and i was like let's do it absolutely you know Mm -hmm. 20 years ago people were like who's gonna stream a service who's gonna give online this and now you know yeah so i was like let's try it and you know what we had our first salvation a few weeks ago wow. in in our alt world, our alt space world. That's awesome. And honestly, I think our alt space uh, worship uh, worship center and building is way cooler than our real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's that getting out of your comfort zone and saying, "Hey, let's try it." And mm-hmm. we need to be at home. Home needs to be the place that if we're gonna fail, mm-hmm. we feel comfortable failing. Wow. Not not failing each other, not moral failures, that kind of stuff. But we need to have the most grace on each other at home to try new things and experiment with life and getting out of your comfort zone. You know, Colby's playing basketball now, mm-hmm. and he's 
he's Colby's a little athlete, so he's he's fine out there on the court. But he's never played basketball. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything about it, and he's having to learn. And 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 uh, you know, he's having trouble getting that big ball through that way far away net. You know, mm-hmm. and he's a little guy. And we're like, you know, buddy, it's okay. you, you spent the first seven years of your life with me and you throwing the ball out in the yard before you started playing baseball. Yeah. You've never really put that kind of time on basketball. It's okay to get out of your comfort zone and try something. Yeah. So that's where support needs to come in. Yeah. And just being that your spouse's cheerleader through that process. Yeah. Because they might not get a lot of that in other places. And yeah. So you need to have it at home. That's true. Okay, so the next time we need support is when our spouse is trying to reach a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know you are very goal-oriented, um, like, with physical challenges. Like, I know you've done marathons and, and um, you know, duathlons. And, and then you just, you went back to school to get your master's degree a few years ago. And yep. um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things like that that our spouse, one or the other, maybe at different seasons of life is trying to reach a goal and they need support because that's hard. And yep. some of these goals are time consuming. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks to us being able to support our staff, our staff, excuse me, our spouse in this goal, something that they want to try is that we have, um, we're jealous mm. of the fact that, they have goals Mm -hmm. and they have visions of something and maybe we're not there. Mm -hmm. We're not at that place to where we really feel like doing it or maybe we're insecure Mm -hmm. and oh my goodness, if they reach this goal, who are they going to become? Are they still going to need me? Mm -hmm. And are they going to, you know, we're going to lose that place in their life or I'm jealous that they have goals. Well, and I think one of those places that might seem, I mean, it's, it's probably more common even than, like a going back to school or, or something, people have fitness goals and diet and mm-hmm. exercise. And if, if neither of you have ever done that and one of you decides this is something I want to do, man, your spouse needs your encouragement, not your discouragement because you don't want to do it with them. Or that you're afraid that they're going to look better than you. Sure, that too. But I, I live with that every day. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, that is a real thing. That's, yeah. you know, and I know a lot of times people feel like, you know, I've heard people say, I just can't get anywhere with this diet because, man, my husband just brings home mm. cookies and stuff. And he's like, I don't get it. And I'm trying to be healthier and I want to do this, but I can't. Are you talking about my text this morning? No. <laughs> I passed this little donut shop that's incredible. And I texted by and said, do you want me to bring you something home? I know, thank you. And in my spirit, it went. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but but th- those are some goals sometimes that we do need to just encourage and say, you know, that's not my thing, but you're my thing. Fan that flame. Yeah, and that's something you've always done really well mm. for me. And all that is that support, and you fan that flame. Now there needs to be uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. You know, some of those things don't need to carry on forever. Mm-hmm. But you know. While I'm in the midst of it, yeah. I've always been very, very supportive. And then I got done with one triathlon. I said, you know, I'm only six months away from a half Ironman. And Bonnie looked at me and said, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, my support has kind of reached its end. <laughs> and that made my decision for Sorry. me. So, Sorry. so stepping out of their comfort zone. Here's the fifth thing uh, that happens when we need to support our, our spouse. It's... um. Actually, sixth thing. Sixth thing, excuse me. It's when they're sick 
or injured, um, especially long term. Mm-hmm. But when they're sick, some people are just really bad caretakers. Yeah. Well, some people are really bad patients too. Mm-hmm. But but there are times that one or the other of us is going to be doubt. You know, no doubt, get the flu or COVID or something, and we're out yeah. for a couple of weeks. We're down and. Um, or sometimes there's a couple, there's someone who has cert. You have to have a surgery, or yeah. maybe you're an injury, or, or sometimes long term disability, and that can be really challenging on the person who's sick or injured, and really challenging on the caretaker mm. um, because that's talk about stepping out of your comfort zone when you've been working as a team doing the same thing, and then all of a sudden, whoa, I'm carrying the whole load. Yeah, that's hard, but. Um, these these things are tough because it does put some physical strain on you to support your spouse during that time. But you got to think about the emotional toll it's taking on your spouse being sick, being in the bed long term, being being unable to to do the things they normally do. Whether if it's a husband feeling like he can't provide in the mm-hmm. short term, excuse me, or long term, it's a hard. You okay? Do I need to take care of? You? <laughs> excuse me, I, got I can caretake for you. Sure, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> But um, I just choked. <laughs> uh, so when when one or the other's sick yeah. or or injured or something, and there are marriages, you know, this is sometimes the sickness and the health and sickness and health. Mm-hmm. We make that vow that we don't know if one of them is going to be long term in an illness that lasts years, mm-hmm. and that's a hard way to support your spouse. But and that because that when you enter into that time, yes, take a drink while I'm talking. <clears throat> um, that's me supporting you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you enter into that time and your spouse has a long-term illness that could last the rest of your marriage mm-hmm. or cut your marriage short, mm-hmm. life, now, you're, now you're, your spouse isn't, you're not just there to help each other through life. That's altering your life. Yeah. And your life suddenly takes a turn that you never planned for and you never wanted. And goodness gracious, who does? Right. But it goes back to that covenant we made with with our spouse and with God mm-hmm. is that, okay, I'm going to wrap life around what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And because well, it's, for better or for worse, for sickness, mm-hmm. sickness and health. Greater love has no, no one than this, mm-hmm. than he lays down his life for his friend. That's right. And, and Jesus gave us that perfect example of laying down his life to the point of death and I think we we imagine it's easier. I do imagine it's easier a lot of times to fiz- just to give your life, step in front of a bullet. We say this all the time. I'd take a bullet for somebody, for your spouse. But will I lay my life down in the small things? And then when yeah. I don't get my way or when, when life is hard and when they need support, can I lay my life down? That's, I don't know. It's tough. All right, here's the last one. This is the seventh thing. Our spouse needs our support. When they've really messed up. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe we're not talking infidelity. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Um, but when um, maybe they've messed up at work and, and the world's crashing down on them. Maybe they've messed up as a parent and they're just feeling condemnation. And um, maybe they've messed up as a friend to someone. And there's just, man, you know, I just screwed up. We're, we're broken people living in a broken world. And we're all going to mess up at some point. So is there a, a difference, and I know this is, I know the answer to this, but how big is the difference when they've just messed up and then they've messed up your life? Mm. 
because there's a there's a listen as a parent i mess up every day right my i the hardest thing and maybe this is a great podcast episode. was so the the hardest thing to me about parenting is controlling my emotions Mm -hmm. kids are going to be kids right the hardest thing is for me to control my emotions and man we mess up i mess up all the time yeah with that um but what happens when your spouse does something really dumb mm-hmm. and they jack up your life? That could be infidelity. That could be doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. That could be, you know, now you don't have income. Yeah. And it, and this, how do you offer support through that? And that's an entirely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's for professionals. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it It is... It's unbelievably tough. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be able to offer that support from the Mm get-go. You're going to have that grieving time, as we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. You're going to have that anger time. Yep. You're going to have that season where you're going through counseling. So this isn't a, hey, honey, I just royally jacked up our life. I need your support today. Right. Um, This is going to be some hurt you're going to have to work through. Mm -hmm. It's going to be some forgiveness you're going to have to offer. And you're going to need to talk to someone about that and not your mama. Um, you got to talk to, you know, a pastor or professional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and over time, yep. Be able to, to come back and support this person. But but in the daily things that maybe have not wrecked your life to that degree, maybe they just mess up. They have a bad day and they, um, screw something up and, they're just mean to you. They say something mm-hmm. like we always do Yep. off the cuff. It hurts. A lot of times when we have messed up, there will be natural consequences to those things. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we need is for our spouse to come in and kick us when we're down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to probably punish ourselves enough. Um, and we need that support and that grace because we, this is a ribbon that runs through this entire podcast. I mean, in every, you know, in most episodes is that, that grace that we need in our marriage for the day to day. And, and cause I need it. I need that grace. So I need to be willing to extend it to you on a daily because I'm going to need it. Um, and so that's right. You know. That's right. So we all go through highs and lows and that's kind of our moniker here on this podcast mm-hmm. is through the highs and the lows and everything in between. We go through peaks and troughs throughout our lifetime and, and throughout our marriage but the beauty of marriage is that two are better than one. Mm-hmm. When one falls down, the other's there to lift them up again. And these seasons, they can take their toll on your relationship if you go, don't go into them with intentionality of, of bearing each other's burdens and bearing each other's load. Mm-hmm. So um, I pray you'll take this podcast to heart. If you weren't taking notes, maybe go back. Yeah. Take some notes, incorporate this into your quiet time and pray over God, how can I? Maybe you're going through one of these. Chances are you are. I know yeah. we, we are. And, um, and maybe you need to dig in a little bit on God, how can I support my spouse during this yeah. time? And that's your action step for this week. Just have the conversation. If you're not sure... I mean, you know if your spouse is going through something. Yeah. How can I help? Mm-hmm. That's the conversation. How can I help? How can I encourage you in the season of life? Because God's put us together to bear each other's burdens. That's right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week. <laughs>